welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. All right, guys, uh, welcome to Six Again. We're coming to you a day later than uh, normal, but the first round back took it out of us, uh, especially Jared. I think he caught every one of the eight games, which is doing better than I am. How are you, Jared? I'm good. It was a, I had a great weekend. It wasn't because of that. I just get up early for work this morning. That's why I couldn't stay up till buddy 11 o'clock last night trying to do this. Yeah, that's true, actually. I appreciate the sleep. I think I was down by nine and up by yeah. five. There you I, go. Like, wow. I think the last, the last game finished at 8.30 on a Sunday night. Yeah, that was weird. Is that going to be a regular thing? Nah, nah. So next week's another Monday night. Will be a Monday night game. Ooh, and that's then, a blockbuster. Is it? Yeah, a week from now, Dragons versus Bulldogs. Oh, that is horrible. Early money on then, a nil or draw. Well, yeah, and then um, at what, four after in the that, afternoon. On a, on a on a Monday. Yeah, four o five p.m. Jeez, I'm gonna have to get out of work early. I'm not. Not for that <laughs> game. God no. Oh, yeah, and then it's back to 6.30 every Sunday from then. Yeah. That's a really cool way to finish the week, actually. Look at that. We're off topic already. That's got to be a record. Sorry, what we're talking about? Huge huge first weekend back. That was sick. Yeah, some games were. Yeah, some games. So, um, thank you to those who jumped on and had a chat with us on Thursday night for our live stream. Sorry it shut down early. Uh, Someone... (laughs) may have forgotten to bring their laptop charger home from work <laughs> that's me um we'll be doing another couple of them through the year i think we've got all the kinks knocked out of it now <laughs> we'll see we'll see bit of a disappointing game but it's pretty cool to see some of the new stuff go on but we'll get to the games um all right should we start with talking points or judiciary and injuries Talking points and, yeah, and points first. okay, so we were we we have a bit of a group chat with a few other fellas going, and I think it was during the Friday oh, yeah. night game where um sitting there talking and I and Adam sorry Adam was very critical of the six again rule on yeah. Friday night. Yeah. What do you say now that this that the round has gone on and you've got to admit. By the end of the round, the games were a little bit different. No, oh, you. Whether I'm changing my opinion. Yeah, you change no. your opinion yet? I don't know. Don't like it. No, I don't, I don't know. To the world. I think at that point in time, I didn't like how much it affected that game. Like that game was over after 20 minutes because once I forgot who it was already. Parramatta got on a roll. What, 20 minutes in, Broncos had made double the amount of tackles. Parramatta had run double the amount of metres. And at half, t- well, even half time, it was 12-6. But you knew only one team was going to win. And then the same thing uh, happened oh. Friday night. 14-6 oh. to the Cowboys over the Titans. Cowboys had run 200 metres in the first 10 minutes. And Titans had run 20. And I was like, yeah, I know they're giving away the penalties. Rah, rah. But. I think a good rule change changes the game in a subtle way, not turn it into a completely different spectacle. But then by the end of the weekend, um, you had the game with the most six again calls in 
Manly and Bulldogs, and you hardly notice it's the team that got it are the Bulldogs, and they got double the amount of calls that Manly did. So, mm. But it was still the same scoreline. I still see that there's going to be... What I'm worried is that there's going to be blowouts like Thursday night and Friday night at least every three or four games. See, where one yeah. team's just taken out of it within 20 minutes. But that's their fault. It is. But like, also in this and, way, and you've got no chance of a comeback. So ever, even if you get everyone, the role later on, you're too buggered anyway to make use well, of it. Well, that's the thing. Look at Newcastle. They just didn't give one away, but they're still down 14 nil, mm. And they came back. So it's possible. Yeah, if you Definitely don't give possible. one away. Yeah, if but it's, if you do, you're screwed. Well, if you went through a game without any ruck penalties last year, you'd be you'd be you'd be saying they're the greatest team ever, especially in the competition now. Mm. It is now. So I think there was fifty three. I think towards towards the end of the round, it proved that it wasn't as big of a deal as in the first couple. And I think by the end of the year, it won't be as big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think it will be by the end. I'd I'd want to give it at least a month. I don't read anything into the articles. Like the NRL's come out and said what a huge success it is by putting articles up about the data and stuff. You're like, dude, it's been one week till. Yeah. Give it a month, give it two months. I would, I actually said this on Friday night, give it a year. Give the players a full preseason with that rule. Um, And then we can just. See see what the game looks like next year with a full preseason of learning that rule. You could even see the change from Thursday night to Sunday night. Like the start of the Manly Bulldogs game was the slowest mode. Well, slowest. It was still fast. It's NRL level, but you could see how disciplined they were not to give it away. Um, And then when they did, you could see Manly already. I think it was the third one that Bulldogs got. They just jumped offside at marker on purpose to give away the penalty. So the coaches are starting to work out what to do already. Just don't yeah. get back, so, don't get back ten meters. Give away the penalty, and so the I'm, ref can't sin bin you if you're just doing a penalty like that. Because you're going to say it wasn't on purpose. It was I was just offside. Unless it's blatantly obvious. Yeah, but, but you can't um, sin bin a team for being offside. You can like do it for you do it three out. times in a row. Yeah, but to do it three not, times, they should be pen, they should be sin bin. Or you, as I keep saying, the captain should no, be sin. Captain doesn't make any difference. Um, yeah, it does. I, I still maintain then what would change your captain roof. to a winger for that game. Doesn't matter. What you're going to plan on a sin bin just to change your captain to a winger? I can see coaches doing that. Why not? No, no. If you're no. if you if you jump offside to give to not give six again away and just let him kick a penalty, you just do it once and you just back your defense uh, on the uh, try line. So it's the well, easiest place point. to defend. My theoretical point for that would be, imagine if Jared Maria Hargraves did three penalties in a row. And Even he's they not that Boyd, dumb. Oh, <laughs> well, I've seen a few things. Uh, and Boyd Cordner got Simbin. He would instantly feel bad if that happened. Oh, no. That, the plan on players' would, emotions. That, no, well, that would be the only way to get through Maria Hargraves, take it out on Boyd Cordner. Nah. So, uh, but yeah, I reckon it was a pretty good success. I, I, I never really agree with the reason they brought it in to get rid of the wrestle, which every team does. And the only reason Melbourne are playing for it because they are easily the best team at it because they change the game with it. Weren't they like the uh, sixth fastest play the ball last year in the ruck? Yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, they're, 
I don't like the reason it was brought in, but I like what's happened to the game because of it. Um, but yeah, everyone's got their own opinions of it. I say give it a full full run and see how we go. Uh, that's what, not Pete, the biggest rule change that really needs to be talked about. What's the biggest? What am I missing? I was watching. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. No. Yeah, it was. Sunday afternoon game. Knights and Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, why the hell is the 20-meter line red? I was like, oh, yeah, no, the 20-40 rule. Yeah, but that never got done all weekend. Yeah, no, no one even has even looked at it yet. The wings aren't yeah. even dropping back. Like, it's open, dudes. Kick for it. Um, yeah, until, that, until someone does it for the first time. I completely forgot that they brought that in this year already. Yeah. How many yeah. scrums got moved? Oh, they all got moved to the middle. It annoys me. I, I don't even know if they remembered it was a thing. Oh. But, yeah, so the first game of the round. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, we're oh. not up to there yet? Ratings, four and a half million over the weekend. Fifth highest weekend on record. Um, highest uh, regional viewership for Fox. And it looks like ratings out of the US and UK. Uh, the highest that they've ever had. And um, I think Melbourne Storm drew their highest ever, well, second highest ever television audience out after Cameron Smith's 400th game. And they lost. But anyway. And then the cardboard cutouts and artificial crowd noise. What do you reckon? I loved it. I reckon that was awesome. It was great. There were some times you didn't even know the crowd was in there with the crowd noise. Yeah. I know, I know it doesn't matter to the players. probably doesn't affect them. But for the viewer, it, it made me feel, I don't know, comfortable. Like, yeah. it, you know I'm what I mean? Like every so often, I'm hoping NRL crowds actually take note and be like, oh, that's what crowds are meant to sound like. Yeah. Well, see, that's what shits me off. Like, when, whenever you go to an NRL game, it's like a you're not really... In- yeah, but you're not really encouraged to yeah. make noise. No, you're it's really like, not. Like, you go to a Broncos game, it's like, five, four, three, two, one, yeah! Yeah, yeah but that's the thing. Like, and you're waiting for I a love, or a try or something. Oh, I love the fact that they brought in at Canberra the Viking clap. Because yeah, that actually gets sick. the crowd involved. Yeah. There's no thing in rugby league to get the crowd involved. Look at American sports. Like, what's the team with the cheese? Cheeseheads? Philadelphia? Oh, Green Bay. Packers. Green Bay, yeah, yeah. So there's nothing, nothing like that. In the I hope they and do the Viking clap can... over the speakers for Canberra's first home game. Oh, yeah. I think they're playing at Gosford anyway. Probably not. No, Campbelltown. Campbelltown, but see, that's the thing. It's a, it's a market NRL aren't pushing. Yeah. Like they've done little things over the years, uh, as far as I can remember. Whenever Stephen Bell at Manly got the ball, they rang the bell and. Shit like I've, that. I've got like, a really simple idea to fix that, but we can't do it during this COVID lockdown. But no, but when it does come up, they need to. Every team needs a thing that their supporters can get around, and it would be so easy for a marketing person to just go, "Okay, this is what we're going to do," and you already know it works because well, how many people get into a camp into the Canberra game? Manly like, should train partner. a sea eagle, a sea eagle to fly beers to people. <laughs> That would be fantastic. I, I like, still reckon when the ball gets kicked into the crowd, whoever catches it gets to keep it. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Cost them, what, 30 um, cents to make a ball? Yeah. And my, my partner, she supports Melbourne. She walked out on Saturday night 
and Melbourne played Canberra. And like five minutes into the game, they're like, he got the shits because they didn't do the Viking clap. And I was sitting there, I'm like, one, this is a Melbourne home game, so don't do it. But two, there's no one in the crowd. But, and she was like, oh, that sucks. Because people who don't even follow the game that much really get into that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's the market rugby league don't do. And it shits me off so much. It's so simple. Like, if you had a player's 100th game for your club, print up 10,000 shirts. First 10,000 people get a 150th game T-shirt. And just have them sitting on the seats when the flat people come in. It's that easy. It costs the club 10,000 shirts. costs them about 25, 30, 40 cents to make. Um, playing any royalties. What? That's like... Ah, uh, make it, it say it comes out ten grand. That's nothing. I reckon if they looked at the crowd numbers from before they started the Viking clap to after they started the Viking clap, oh, it's huge. I reckon the crowd rubbers would be just spiking that much, and then especially today when they got Mal Meninga to blow the friggin' horn. Oh yeah, like shit like that. Bring past players to help, and they People announced it ahead of time, so you knew who it was going yeah. to be. Yeah, like I was looking forward to that. I, I I turned in early to just tune in early, sorry, just to watch that because it's just a fun thing. Yeah, there's heaps of little things just, they could do. Rugby league just don't get it when it comes to that. Like imagine a grand final day, and just everyone. Do you know how they put crowds at each end to support it? Yeah, at each end. I imagine have each end having their thing. Oh, it'd be epic. It'd be just. Oh. Premier League soccer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. back on soon. Yeah, start up the um the hooligans. Get some rugby league hooligans. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Queensland Raw put a call out a couple of years ago for someone to lead their crowd cheering thing. You got free membership, free tickets, entry, and you have to stand on the scaffolding down the field to lead the ah. chance. You you just pay a player, an ex player, an old boy, every week to do that. That's all you have to do. That's true. Go, like, oh, I don't know. Matt Hughes taking the cricket tours. No. Yeah, well, he does that. That's what I mean. He does, yeah. Um, imagine, I know Alfie Lange is a water boy. Imagine him leading the Broncos, Broncos fans. That'd be insane. In his undies. Yeah, like, you get, pay Andrew Johns to go out in the bender with, with the crowd before the game to see what happens. That'd be epic. Who can outdrink Joey? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No one's going to win that, but it'd be epic. Just don't let him see any of the white lines on the field. <laughs> be, do, do you know what you should do when Newcastle and Roosters play each other? Have a drinking contest between Fittler and Johns and see how that goes down. <laughs> and then get him to coach oh. Origin. See, they already do coach Origin. Oh, yeah. But, like, actually, no, if do you, you know get them drunk, do- they come up with even better ideas. Do you know what I reckon would be the epic shit fight for two coaches to coach Origin right now? I would love Bennett to come back to coach Queensland and I would love Gould to come back and coach New South Wales. There'd just be that much spite between... How boring would those games be? Oh, mate, how much fun would the press conference be? (laughs) Wayne Bennett back in charge of Queensland. We're already losing, so it's not going to change anything. Yeah, but Gould, we might win by 50. Yeah, probably. All right, mm-hmm. judiciary. Hey, okay. nine players charged. So we've got Victor Radley, who got put on a report for something that's not really 
I think it's. I think we get into that really fine point where anything. Look, he was past the horizontal. Such a good tackle. It was. It was great, but it it was past the horizontal. Don't care. Which is well. I do care actually. I don't want him to land on their head, but he didn't. Yeah, exactly. It's just that much a millimeter can go wrong. I don't care if it goes past horizontal as long as they land on their back or their side or whatever. Yeah, I I don't mind it, but they're they're doing it in the off chance, and that's why he's in the front of the injury. I don't want him to get suspended. I reckon it deserves a fine because he didn't get. I know. I know your. He's got physics against him. When he's that size, no matter if you hit anyone taller than you low, you're going to tip. It's the center of gravity. It's just plain physics. If you catch them before they hit the ground on their head, it's a fine tackle. Look at George Williams did the exact same thing in the Canberra Storm game. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just explaining why he's in front of Judy That's Yeah, I know. No, I know why he's there. He just... George Williams picked up Pappenhausen and slammed him onto his back and his legs were past the horizontal. Yeah, that was a WWE move, though. Yeah, it was the same he, tackle. Just without he, that line, it was more like that line was still past the horizontal. It was a great, they were both great shots. He rock-bottomed him, Dad. So, Radley's a weird one. If he accepts the ban, he loses a week um, and has 15 points. If he argues it and loses, he gets a week. But it's 135 points. And if he argues it and wins it, um, he gets a week off. So whether he accepted it or didn't accept it, he was going to get a week. It just came down to how many points. Uh, and even the people at Judiciary don't understand how the point system works. Uh, Sofa Solomon is out for a week with the early guilty plea for dangerous contact on Dynamis Louie in the Canberra game. Um, Tino Fassa... Oh, my God. I don't even probably on the weekend. Fassa Masali... Accepted a one game, accepted a guilty plays out for a case, escapes a one game um, suspension, so he's free to play. Ignatius Parsi is out for a week, so another one out of the Fords for the Warriors. Katoni Stagg's got a week. Stuff. Yeah, Katoni Stagg's got a week for an early guilty plea, he would have got two weeks otherwise. Edric Lee um, put in an early guilty plea, he's not going to get a suspension. And Corey Norman, Alex Twile, Oliver Clark, and Jared Warrior Hargraves all will not receive suspensions due to early guilty pleas. I think if, ha- Harry, Warrior Hargraves got off a bit light there. Yeah, if Edric Lee sus- accepted a sus- suspension, it'd probably make Adam O'Brien's jobs easier trying to pick the team for next week. He's all right. <laughs> what do you mean? Edric Lee. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's bad. I reckon he played great in the week. I'm just saying there's that many players of Newcastle pushing for a spot oh, yeah. after what happened on the weekend. And that he's probably going to make it a bit easier that one gets suspended. Like, Edric Lee, I reckon he played really well in the weekend. But the poor bastard, poor bastard Adam O'Brien, yeah. got to tap some, someone on the shoulder and go, sorry, mate. Who would have thought played... that about Newcastle? I know. Right. Last year, I'm, they would have I'm, been tapping him saying, hey, do you want to play? Yeah, last 10 years. I'm man. good. I'm good. I'll sit on the bench. Yeah, pretty much. I have yeah. no part in this. So, um, yeah, see what happens on the weekend. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. Or if you let me do a four-hour rant, how much I love Newcastle right now. Nah. Um, <laughs> so, we've got Katoni Staggs, Ignatius Parsi, Solomona definitely out for a week. Maybe uh, Radley will find out. Injuries. I was writing these down, but there's so many. So, 
Debut for Brisbane. Another one. Tessie Nui, 18-year-old out of Marsden High School in Brisbane. is going to be making his debut off the bench um, as a utility back. Herbie Farnworth is going to move into the starting side because Staggs is out. So it's not really an injury, but it had to be uh, changed because of the suspension. Um, Ethan Bullimore is going to the starting squad for Alex Glenn, who they still haven't made a call on with regards to his lacerated calf. Uh, what else? Mitchell Pierce got a pretty heavy concussion. Didn't yeah, know where the hell he was. They reckon he's okay, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there. Well, what do they do? A four-day check or something like that. So yeah. we'll find out probably Wednesday or Thursday if he's available. That's it. He'll get, Con- he'll get named tomorrow, but yeah. Connor Watson was sent for scans today. I haven't seen any updates on that unless uh, you have. Um, no, I haven't. I... I doubt he'll be playing. It didn't look, the way it came didn't out. Look yeah. happy. He did try to we're, we're, play on, didn't he? And then he, yeah, yeah, he, he took himself he, off. He only lasted about two minutes. And then, you know, you know it's bad when the when he walks into the sheds and they're walking straight back out and then put ice on him for the rest yeah. of the game. That's how you know it's bad. So, I doubt he'll be there this weekend. Uh, Raiders are still unsure whether John Bateman will be... Um, back depends on how he trains. Bailey Simonson was a late scratching with a leg infection. So, again, that's going to be interesting to see because Rapana just slid back in like yeah. he wasn't there. Um, they'll, they'll put him on the bench and drop on the bench. <laughs> Kieran Foran has a chance of making his comeback. Sounds like we've been saying that for a year. Ben Hunt should be fine to play. When it was a cork, sh- cork shin. Now you got a Raylene. Didn't you watch the thing last No, night? he wasn't suffering from a boil. Um, it was a cork shin, supposedly. Um, now, Chad, how Chad, good was that, buddy? Fletch last night, he copped a Raylene. Copped a Raylene, <laughs> boy. Um, Chad Towns in a 50-50 chance of facing the Cowboys. Um, suffered a hammy injury. Cronulla prop. Andrew Fafita's in doubt with a lingering knee injury. And has to be another one in there for the Warriors. Peter Hiku left the field in the first half with ribs injury. So there's a lot of people from one week and we kind of expect it to happen with them having such a big break before coming back into contact. Um, so that's pretty much the wrap up of the talking points, cardboard cutouts, Hitler and the crowd. If you watch the Matty John show, they got rorted for that and their comparison of Hitler to Richard Wilkinson, which while well, it's inappropriate. It's probably controversial. Oh, definitely controversial. They could have picked a different <laughs> probably. They could have could picked have someone been. else rather than Hitler. But the point they were making um, was amusing. They just chose the wrong person. Um, I did love to see the dude who said he got his dog on the TV and said best $22 he'd ever spent. <laughs> and then someone sent in a picture of considered the world's worst serial killer. So... I think I hope the NRL continue to do the couple cutouts. I reckon it's an awesome way to get crowd involved. There's, they've just got to accept that there's going to be jokes taken at their expense. Um, I'm trying to think. I felt like there was something else that we were. Oh, just want to say a shout out to the Penrith Footy Club. No, oh, yeah, they're very good. Yeah, they had ten tickets available. Um, for usually for family members, etc., yeah. yeah, dignitaries and all that sort of stuff, and they gave up all ten tickets uh, to the Newcastle club because they had uh, Tex Hoy and Bradman Best and no, te- no? Tex Hoy, uh, Chris Randall, Randall and 
Um, that was Bradman Best Brody debut, Jones. wasn't it? No, Bradman Best debut last year. Brody oh, okay. Jones. That, yeah, three three debutants. They gave the tickets to the families of those players so they can come and watch. So I thought that was a really nice touch. And also the St. George team, after being soundly beaten, I think Cam McInnes led a... Um, a thank you to the Warriors after the game. I was going to so say, really if he led a touch. hucker, I'm going to have no. severe issues with that. <laughs> and there's some crazy statistics that come out of this week, and Cam McInnes is um, but one of those. So we'll wrap up. That's our intro there, and we'll come back and get stuck into the first four games. So first game of the round seems like an age ago, as it was pretty much four days ago. Uh, Broncos and the Eels up at Suncorp. And this was a pretty tight game up until about the seventh minute. And then it was pretty much one-way traffic, except for a couple of highlights. There for the Broncos. You want to take it away, Jarrod? Oh, look, this... I wouldn't say it was close after seven minutes. (laughs) It's pretty much after uh, Eel scored. You can say a lot of blowouts for a lot of teams, but Broncos are missing probably about six players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest criticism of the Broncos would be that Amphi, we okay. So we said before this COVID during, sorry, during this COVID that the bad trainers are going to come out in the first game. You can say that you're fit and ready to go all you want, but Anthony Milford was not fit enough to play that game on Thursday night. He came out of isolation. I don't know what he did, but he wasn't ready for that game. And you could tell because he went missing after probably, what, seven minutes? Um, See, but, yeah. So, my seven minutes thing. Yeah, All right, let's have a look. Milford, minutes played. 80. Play 80. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to see the rest of the stats here. Let's have a look. Uh, what did he do? Oh, bloody hell, I hate this freaking website. So, he... Picks your stuff up. Trying he, to go across. Let's have a look. Ugh, yuck. Uh, he made 18 tackles, four runs, four kicks, and two errors. As your dominant half, that was not good enough. 18 tackles, that's pretty That's pretty much his like. And then Brody Croft made two tackle breaks, one try, one line break, 19 tackles, eight runs for 95 metres. 11 kicks for nearly 400 metres and one penalty conceded. He did nothing. So who? He did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for the Broncos to fire, probably need Croft organising and Milford running. And Milford didn't do enough. And um, you can say I think they were say... missing a lot of their forward pack, which we, we you know, missed, we raised pretty high. Two. Oh, more than that one. You've got to count Glenn on. Glenn went down early. And then you got um, Fafita, Tangai Jr. How about we compare oh. that to Newcastle? No Fitzgibbon, <laughs> well, no Barnett. Yeah, no I know. Connor, I understand. No but the difference was our halves stood up. That was the difference. Mm-hmm. Milford, the amount of years he's played, he should have walked in that field. Better, and I say it's physical, better than he should have been. Better than I don't think Milford at his peak could have even had any impact on that game. I think he, look, if Croft can do what he did with that try he scored, yeah, Milford can do better. Okay, so say Milford played at his top level and might have made it, what, 
No, no, it would have been different. We Milford can win a game, really. But right. I'm just going to go back at you. I'm These not taking the... away anything from Parramatta. They played awesome, and Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, they smashed it. They I, I'm really not well. going to read anything into Parramatta's until they get a closer game. Yeah, yeah. Because, only because, uh, like, you look at this. This is what I was worried. This is what I'm worried about. This happening like three or four times a week. When's the last time we've seen the final of an NRL game where the possession is 64% to 36? Probably last year when these two teams played. Oh, when they beat them 54-0. Time in possession. <laughs> time in possession. Parramatta almost had an entire half of football. 36 probably, minutes they had the ball. Probably the same thing. Well, that means bloody Broncos had the ball more. No, they, they had, had it for 20. And where was the rest of the... Out of 20s? play conversions because they were scoring so much. What, 24 minutes of... 24 minutes of dead ball. But it's saying 36.08 to 20. Okay, so they only played for 56 minutes. That's well, a usual-ish game, yeah. Okay. Um, oh. 49 sets of 32. 2,300 metres to 1,300. So they ran yeah, for an entire but- K. This is what I'm worried about. This is like absolute domination. You hardly ever see numbers like yeah. this. But like I said, it's the first round. And you've got to look out. Were Broncos good? No. Were Parramatta outstanding? No. Well, they were they, good. They were, made, they were made to look outstanding. I don't know if they would have beaten the Roosters or Raiders this week, the way they... I am... Um, yeah. Par- Parramatta... <sighs> I, I I got in trouble last week from a particular Parramatta supporter for my comments on Parramatta having no depth, which I still stand by. Like, yeah, I'm with you on that. Actually, I haven't looked at their top thirty. They have, they when they come in, their next front row is uh, Oregon Gafusi or Daniel Alvaro, right? Um, that um, but I'm taking enough away. That starting thirteen is elite. Yeah, elite they level. awesome. Um, they. They do annoy me with Ryan Madison, though. So, as a second row, you're supposed to get the ball late and running hard lines, which I, you know, I appreciate a fair amount. He does run those lines, but he has got way better hands than they're allowing him to have because they're not giving him the ball early and letting him create something. They've got to give him... They, they have to give him the ball early mm. and let him create more than he is because he is a big, massive second 5'8 out there who can be as good as Wade Graham on his day. Like in, in the future. Much. Yeah, so they need to start because Cronulla had a tactic against the Tigers. Give it to Wade Graham. Tigers didn't know what to do about it. Madison can do the same thing. So they, they need to give him more of the ball. They make, he'll make him so much more dangerous in attack, I reckon. I'm down with that. I was just looking at the most uh, most tackles in this game. Who, what Marty? position? Yep. 38 tackles. Okay. Do you know how many tackles Jake Turpin had, the other hooker? He, he's not as a, a, a tackling hooker as Marnie is, but how many do you have? 64. Jesus Christ. That, is that not total domination? The hooker of each team, and he had yeah. six tackles less than double the number. Stop blaming on the stop blaming on that rule. I'm not. I, it had a huge because once 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 Parramatta started their roll on, they did what the good teams would have done. They just kept rolling and didn't give Broncos a sniff. Um, okay, so 
So going forward, I'm looking forward to next week. You've got Parramatta and Manly both coming off big wins, big rivals. That's going to be... Um, if they put 34-6 on Manly after Manly's defensive display this week, um, yeah, you'll I'll, give them I'll full wanna, credit. I'll give them full credit. I'll give them a lot of credit for this game because they did what good teams should do. Yeah, because you uh, compare uh, them to um, I'm trying to think another team this week that got a lot of. Well, I'll keep coming back to that game. Bulldogs had eight six again calls and did nothing with it. Parramatta had less than that and did a hell of a lot more with it. So that shows the difference between a a, a team on the a, a team at the top and a team at the bottom. So well done to Parramatta. Um, Brisbane have got a lot of work to do, and to add to Pangai out, to add to Fafida out, they're now going to have Katoni Stags out. They'll probably have Alex Glenn out. Um, yeah, and they've got Roosters oh, next week. Oh, <laughs> shit! But because they okay. get the big ratings, they'll get a whole, they've got a whole week off as they will every week. Okay, so next game, I don't really want the biggest thing I want to talk about. This game was actually Valentine Holmes' effort in the win against. Take that, Owens. Well, I'm one of them, and good on him. He done I well. Have... I'll take. I'll take. I'm not going to take it back to this point because he did play Gold Coast. So? But he played very well. Very I, well. I still don't get people who were worried about him coming back like it was going to take him time to come back. He was only out for, what, nine months? Not I'm, even a year? I, and he's I, bigger I, and faster? I'm saying that. Or I'm also saying that he's not. He's a better winger than fullback. No, at Origin, and when, at Sharks, he was a when, way better when, fullback. When, when um, Morgan comes back for Cowboys... I will think they look a lot stronger if they have Clifford, Morgan, and Drinkwater at fullback. And yeah. Holmes and Felt. Holmes is their best player. So much He needs the ball. So much life. stronger. Oh, I reckon it's so. And especially the way Drinkwater's playing, playing off at fullback. Whoa. No, but, they, um, Drinkwater and game, Holmes look too good in their positions. If anything, game, when they um, come back, Morgan could be on the bench as an interchange. The, this game. Gold Coast probably had one highlight, the Brian Kelly try. That other was that, awesome. Oh, yeah, that was so other, good. Other than it, that, I I don't see them going too far this year with that performance. If you if you guys haven't seen the Brian Kelly try, um, look it up. It's it, 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 up? it's schoolyard. It, it actually it reminded me of an ice hockey turn where they just like pop the blade in and just spin on a dime and scoop down the um, blind side. It was awesome. Uh, I jumped Where'd off my couch. That? I was like, oh, shit. That was uh, um, what's he? I think it was Felt. And Felt just turned around and went, fuck this. Oh, that, was, that was so good. Oh, I, you know what? I gave it to Holbrook um, in that I liked what he was trying to do. Um, yeah, but, oh, man. Did you see when the camera panned to his face where I think um, yeah. Mitch Rain threw a forward pass straight out of that yeah. half? Yeah. No, sorry, Nathan Peets. Threw a forward yeah, pass yeah. and then gave away a penalty on the next tackle. And Holbrook was oh. just like... Yeah, as a coach. Oh. Like, the, the, thing, the thing is, um, the poor bastard, we, we gave him full credit because he really tried to do some stuff mm. in this game. Like, but then he got like three late injuries and had to yeah. bring people in anyway. So, and then... Every like, time they did then, something good, they took two steps backwards. Like, yeah. So, um, 
Potter Waker, how good did he look? Yeah, no, he. I, I will admit he was awesome. He and Jai Arrow, I think he ran for over 200 metres against the Cowboys pack. Yep. Um, Tamalolo so looked that, like a bloody uh, yeah. grizzly Saw bear that, yeah. with his long hair and his moustache. Yeah. and <laughs> He looks so different. Matty, my wife didn't even recognise who he was and he's nah, he, a favourite he, player. He... he um. Oh, his footwork he, at the he, line for that line break. <laughs> Boom. You know what shit? You know what shit? Him making 300 is standard now. So it's he didn't even like make 300. Doesn't matter. He made 200. Let's see how much he made. Yeah, no, he made 290. Uh, <laughs> three other players this week made over 300 metres, and one of them was <laughs> Mansour and Tedesco. and 290 metres. Brian Tuo. Like, for Tedesco, Mansour, and Tuo, Toto, Toto, that's a good effort. For Tamaloa, it's like, oh, yeah. What else is new? I wonder if... Yeah, that's true. Oh, look at this. And, 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 and that's how good he is. Going off the last game, possession, 66-34. <laughs> 37 but minutes in possession it, to 19. You, you, can, you can yell and scream about that's the rules fault, but you can also turn around and go, Nathan Pete's... Oh, no, no, no. Penalty. It's the player's fault for giving away the, the oh. six again things, but the difference with a penalty to... Continuous meters is yeah. is huge. Good. I I will be interested because I really hope Malmeninga gives Justin Holbrook three to four to five years at Gold Coast to see how good He's of a coach he is. Because there's no way he could have changed that team that much in the period he's got. No. I just thought they might have come with a better attitude, and their attitude was not there. And they've got you know they've got Kevin Proctor, they've got Arrow, they've got I won't say. Um, Tyrone Roberts because he wasn't there, but they've got some a lot of senior players in that team, and like you know, Pete, he's been around for long enough. He was Yeah, so I think Mitrain did like, nothing wrong in the first two weeks. They've got they've got the talent there. They've got decent players there, but it, it's kind of like putting a bunch of good players together, but they're not gelling. Like they've and. And they've had the time too, so I'm pretty sure majority been of that team's been there together for about two years. Yeah. Did so, you see Aaron not... Clark come off the bench and try and put a shot on Jordan McLean, yeah, and McLean just he, stood there? And... Yeah. <laughs> and that that's that's a sign that a player's got enthusiasm, but he's probably not ready for first grade. Well, he's <laughs> he's a backup hooker trying to put a shot on yeah. Jordan McLean. That's, well, that's, that's what just it is. stupid. He's not ready. He's dumb. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Dale Copley. Oh, shut up, Adam. He looked pretty um, good. Just saying. So, the next game. This, um, to me, was the best one. game of the first three. Considering it's... Oh, yeah, it's the third game. I was going to say it's the fourth game. Well, going into um, halftime, there was an actual proper contest here, and then the first 10 minutes look, after halftime, the game was over. This was just went oh, boom. Everyone's saying that... Um, Canberra, uh, the premiership's favourite after that round. No, I'm saying the Roosters are. I'm saying they, it's too early to call. Well, I'm the, the betting agencies. They're all oh, saying yeah, that okay. Canberra, Canberra dominated Melbourne like no one's dominated Melbourne in a long time. That's three wins and in I'm, a row. I think that has to, something to do with it as well. Yeah, but South Sydney... I'm sorry. Roosters. Yeah, they look They're good. the only team that put fear into me while watching them. Because they were just that precise. Like you, you, you put all three games together, 
And this game was this the roosters, the roosters of the last two years. The other two you can kind of forget about. So I I was just, everything was just so crisp, and there was just people everywhere where they needed them to be. And Boyd Corner looked like he hadn't had two games off. No, well, he hadn't played since last year's grand final. And I'm just looking at the stats on this one. This is 28-12, so another pretty decent win. Um, possession, 49-51. Time in possession, 28 minutes, 29 minutes. Like, actually, South Sydney was up in both of those. Completion rates, 87-86. Like, this game was even, all runs. Yeah. 186-189. Like, this game was even through the entire thing. Yeah. Um, the biggest discrepancy um, is... Kick return meters is yeah, pretty much but, the only big. <laughs> well, that kind of that's kind of a bit of a segue in one of those I wanted to say as well. So we're talking about. Oh my god! Um, what? I'm just like I'm just looking through all the stats. They are so like so even. Even, even missed tackles, thirty-seven, thirty-two. Like Roosters had more missed tackles. Yeah, and I think okay, so. Who was? What? I'm just trying. Who was the commentator for this? On oh, Fox. Well, the pe- oh, I can't remember. I didn't watch it on Fox. I watched it on Channel 9. I think they said the only difference in this whole match was the um, the key players for the Roosters played better than the key players for the Rabbits. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Well, Rabbits miss Walker a lot. Um, yeah. Dargan played admirably. Uh, he, pl- he outplayed Reynolds in everything. Yeah. But he wasn't... Yeah. So, look, you look at Tedesco's effort. Well, Tedesco just straight up freakish. He he's an animal, like really. Second best fullback of the round. Yeah. That... <laughs> what jersey are you wearing there? Um, uh, two tries, three tries. This come on. Yeah. Um, I think who was it? Someone Gould was actually talking on a Channel Nine content um, thing, and Paul Gallon has publicly said that James Tedesco is the hardest man to tackle in the rugby league because. He's so quick, be. so I just, yeah. But his his body, he's, he reckons, is hard as anything. It's yeah, just pure strong. granite. There, yeah. So I know a lot of people have been criticising Mitchell, and I'm just going to say two things that I saw in this game that I reckon Mitchell makes Mitchell a centre over a fullback. Are you talking about Latrell? Latrell. Okay. So there's one moment where Campbell Graham made break. And if you put any fullback on any other team, that would have been right off his hip. It was literally Campbell Graham versus James Tedesco and no one else around. Obviously, Tedesco is going to tackle him because, yeah. but if, if it, if it had Kalen Ponga, Tom Travoyevich, James Tedesco, even Matt Dufty. Um, who's another lower end fullback? Um, Valentine Holmes, <laughs> Adam Dewey. Yeah, as well. pretty well. But um, if you had any of them, they would have been off their hip. Mitchell was so far out of position for that that it wasn't funny, and it cost them a try because of it. Which I'm pretty sure Adam Reynolds put Campbell Graham in the hole. So Adam Reynolds done everything he should have. Saying that too, he probably should have been up there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 100% is a fullback role for him to be there. And then another moment was that really made me angry watching this game was um, Jake Friend try. 
So Latrell Mitchell tackled Kyle Flanagan after that, the, the play before that. It's a good shot. And then he, he well, he, and then he started a little push and shove. And then Jake Friend just like poked it through the defensive line, picked it up. No one within fucking yeah, ten anyway. meters of it. And it was just when, when do you see like when you look at it, Billy Slater, um, James Tedesco, any of those players try and fight someone in the backfield while the play's still going on. And I know I'm comparing him to probably the best fullbacks of our generation, or easily the best fullbacks of our generation, probably the best fullbacks ever. But the talent he has as Mitchell, because you can't deny his talent, Mm. he could be up there if he helped himself. And he's not helping himself right now. No. Um, I still maintain... Yeah, and I still maintain, put him in the centres... Move um, Graham out to the wing, put Johnson at fullback. They look a lot stronger. Yeah, for that reason. And it really, it, um, if he gets those things right and gets in position where he needs to, and, because every tackle he tried to start to ha- have a little push and shove with someone, which wasn't on. That, like Tedesco never tried that, and who was the better player in the whole field? Um, but yeah, I'll leave that alone. The other position change I'd make at South Sydney would you got to bring Murray back to lock. Oh, they yeah. are looking so slow in the middle, and yeah. he just changes so much. So he was he was um, searching for the ball too, coming into yeah. Um, I think and especially he's, he's built for the way this game's played. You right? Oh, man, I'm stabbing pains in the back of my head. Um, That's good. Yeah, he's built for the way this new rulers. He's the player you want in the middle with you, but it just oh, move him back. Oi, what about that uh, Brett Morris dude? Oh, okay, yeah. So How that's good nothing about Mitchell. That? If oh, he was man. doing shit like that, no one would be criticizing him. Right. They'd be all loving him. Oh man, Brett that Morris was just freaking. Oh, I man. forgot how fast he was. Eh, hey? like <laughs> talk about the speedsters. He made. Like, Campbell Graham's not the fastest back in the world, but holy crap, he cut him Look, down so quick. You, you, you can... You can see. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't all about speed. That was just effort and attitude, that was. Oh, but that's... Oh. And like, a half tackle, as... a tackle, get up to marker, make the next tackle, yeah. so that everyone else get back, get back in position, <laughs> then hit the grubber yeah. over the dead ball. And, and, and he, was oh, he man. the one who... Done his knee and went and tackled Inglis in that grand, in that Origin game. Was that he, was that that Morris? Oh, was that, that was the, that was the um. No, he had the dislocated shoulder one. No, no, no there was no one of them dislocated the shoulder and the other one done their knee. Was on the outside the field of play, realized Inglis was making a break. Oh when yeah, tackled him from behind, and he, that's. That shit like that is the reason I think Roosters can go win, do a free peak with Brick. They just brought that Morris brother in, and he's just they're just the players you want in your team. You see that shit, you lift. No, he was already. Which, that's Brett. Brett was already there. Was that Brett? Oh, yeah. Josh would have done the same. Yeah, thing. Josh would have done the, the same, same thing. Like they're both the same, and, and that's what that's what any team needs. You know, Trent Robinson's going to show that. Over and over and over again in training because oh. that's what that club's doing you know now. Do you know what? Every club, every team should be shown that just because that's football. Yeah. It was just, oh my God. It was so good. What's like, going on? Holy shit, man. That's. Yeah. You, 
you can't. He can retire on that alone, and he won't retire because he's got another grand final to win. They, neither of them have contracts for next year either. So, yeah, uh, I think they uh, showed that they've got a lot, st- lot still in yeah. the tank. So or, yeah, Roos is saying that too. Good. It, I, I would love it if they were both retired together, because they retire some of the they retire as one of the greats of our generation. Yeah. Both By making it to the grand final and losing, that'd be fantastic. Out to Newcastle. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. This one, feel-good story of the week, I guess. Um, Warriors 18 over the Dragons, nil. And uh, <laughs> I think my favourite tweet of the weekend that I saw, Can the have the Dragons actually gotten worse? <laughs> like... Seriously, if you were ever going to have an easier game to come back, would be against an injury-ravaged team who's living away from their families, who have just had each other to keep together. And what happens? Warriors come out and set an NRL record for most completions in a game with 46 completions out of 48 sets. It's a completion rate of 96%. Like, what was it? Broncos had five sets in the second half and they didn't even complete all of them. No. Yeah. And 46 out of 48. That's um, flipping ridiculous. Yeah. But you know what? You didn't really see them throw the ball around. No. You just kind of... Like, they just ran up the middle all day. And and then when their forwards get tired, their backs came around out the middle or they pass it twice, you know, pass it down the line a little bit. and they Nice and simple. Yeah, and that's all, and that's probably what Steve Kearney said to him. Don't fuck around. Just yeah, and that's all you have to do to beat the dragons. Be simple. Yes. Um, with the dragons, look. Oh my god, dragons what? out offloaded the warriors. <laughs> See that? That's the stud alone that the warriors have changed. Um. All right. So everyone's criticizing um, McGregor, which everyone should deserve criticism. At this point in time, because let's face it, they lost 18 0 to that team. Um, and Dragons haven't looked like playing well all year. And in saying that, too, I said this at the start of the year something was wrong with the Dragons. But um, at one point, do you blame the players for that effort? Last year? Well, no, for the weekend's effort. They haven't, like, how how bad has McGregor gone that they play like that? Uh, they've got Norman and Hunt, two Queensland players. They've got Vaughan, a New South Wales player. Frizzell, a New South Wales player. Graham's English captain. Um, and they got a, I think they've got a few Samoan players and Islander players in the back line. Both all played international footy. Like, they've got a lot of senior, senior, senior players, let's put it that way, in their squad. But they're still walking up with that attitude. Whose fault is an attitude? The players or the coach? The club. And, yeah, and a lot of players... Um, and a lot of people say the coaches... Um, coaches lead the attitude and all that kind of stuff at a club, which I will admit that's what happened in Newcastle this year. You've got to admit that that's the major change at Newcastle, the coach. But... <laughs> Oh, they did bring in McCulloch. Badasses. Full-on nutcases. Um, but you got to sit down and go, okay, 
McCulloch, uh, McGregor might have made some <laughs> really shit calls, you asshole. Um, McGregor might have made some really shit selection calls and done some pretty dodgy tactics. But when I watched that game, all I can think of that is um, Hunt and Norman went missing. Yeah. Like they weren't, the kicking was off. The leading around the team was off. Um, and... Like McGregor can put all the tactics he wants in the world, or it's a simple play, but the halves has got to execute it and do it on the field, which they didn't. No. So, well, what did Nathan Brown say about Corey Norman? It's like what? Nathan oh, he Brown? said something. No, he just came out on Triple M. I think he was asked oh, about dude. it, and no. um, like oh, I just. I know it's easier to fire a coach than a than a player, but and I understand McGregor probably isn't. I I don't. I doubt he's ever been ready to coach for the whole time. Like I I, I think he might have been put in there too early and they just kept him there. But when do you blame the players for an effort like that? Like I don't know. I can't tell you what's going on behind the scenes. It's one or the other. It's the players are the coach. And Cam McInnes made 75 tackles. Yeah. Well, Cam McInnes is always going to 74 make tackles. But that's almost a tackle like, a minute. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, I, I, it's horrible he, that he has to be in that situation. Yeah. And you look at, like, like I said, there's that many senior players there and they walked out with that attitude. What's the, gotta, um, gotta, how much gotta, do you place uh, in the story that they burst their. Uh, Club no, B side was, during the week yeah. and got beaten by three oh, tries. Okay, so if that's true, there's infighting at the club. Of the first yeah. squad saying, oh, we're the first squad there, B side. We don't really have to try that hard. But um, Jack DeBellin led the B side and has yeah, five he plays 5 Yeah, he plays 5 I <laughs> Look, um, that that can be put down to the coach that he's not setting the standards that are correct in the NRL, which you need. But like he, he might be telling them the standards, but the players have got to follow through on it. What changes like, players you got... make for next week? Um, let's have a look at the team. Um, I think we both agree that Fui Maono needs to be starting. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly um, Corbin Sims played his way into the starting thing using that training uh, game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'd have a look at the halves. Um, I don't think, um, like I said, they went missing for me. Um, yeah. And hunt to the, maybe, hunt to the bench, maybe. maybe? No, I'd, I'd probably move Norman to fullback. I reckon he's a better fullback. Norman the fullback. Yeah, maybe bringing. Uh, I'd have to ask a dragon supporter what halves they have coming through. Tristan Sailor. Yeah, well, he might create a bit of an attitude thing for him. Uh, in the Fords, I, I'd fool you, Mayano, over Tarek Sims for me. Um, probably move. Frizzell to lock, Graham to the front row, and yeah, there you go. Bring Fui Maono to the second row, and Frock probably Sims to the bench. Sims or Vaughan, because I don't. It's got to be someone 
there. I don't know, but you got you got to do something. And Fui Maiono was the only one in the first two rounds who had any decent attitude about him. I, I think even though Paul Vaughan's got his Origin jersey since he's gone to the Dragons, I still reckon he played better at Canberra before he moved. Yeah, and, I, I, um, I can I can go with that. I'd bring um, Josh Kerr on there somewhere starting. Before he came on, his stats weren't ideal, but he. I just think maybe in a team like that, get rid of the senior players at some degree and bring in some new, fresh enthusiasm. Yeah. Maybe Something, that might help. Anything. Yeah, that's got to bring someone in who's going to be like, oh, I know I keep going back to Newcastle, but bring in like a fucking. Oh, um, Tex Hoy. Bring Tex Hoy on. He pretty much just said, I'll play anywhere. Just put me on the field. Mm. Someone like that who's going to walk on and go, you know what? I'm here to play for you. Where you want me, I'll play my hardest wherever I go. Which, for, for me, is missing at the Dragons. Yep. Um, and, you know, Sorry, Wally. you can look at the coach and the coach has probably got a big deal, big, big part of it with the tactics and stuff, but the players are the one who bring the attitude onto the field. And it's not like, like their completion rate was 83%, like 34 yeah. or 41. They they had enough of the ball, 32 minutes, 47% possession, um, run meters over 2,000. There was yeah. only 22, sorry, um, 62 meters difference in run meters. Uh, more tackle yeah. breaks, bigger set diff, uh, distance more kick return meters, more offloads. Maybe, um, maybe even um, maybe even for a bit of a change-up, if you have a decent halfback there, put McInnes at lock, put Hunt at hooker, and then bring a half Because he plays well at hooker for Queensland. Mm-hmm. So, and Mc, you've got to have McInnes in there because he can just run all day and tackle all day. He's just going to do that no matter what. Yeah. And maybe... I don't know. Maybe that's going to help. Maybe, you know, when you're in those shit times, you're going to have McInnes just doing those shit runs, which he would do because he, he will do anything. He's one of those players who would do anything or play anywhere. Maybe that's possibly worth... I don't know. Oh, man, you've, yeah. come, you've come around on McInnes. See, I knew you had a soft side. I don't... I don't he, he's <laughs> not a runner of the football, but anyone who can make 71 tackles in a team... in a t- it's not hard he, to look good in the bloody dragons right now, eh? Easy, easy fantasy points there. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got uh, five minutes before we jump onto the second half. So we'll go Sharks 16, West Tigers 28. Now, how good is it to watch Benji playing like this again? How good is it to see Harry Grant finally get to play NRL? Yes. Oh, man, him and Billy Walters... Bloody hell, they were fantastic. Um, and I will admit, and this isn't um, completely what this podcast believes, but Josh Dugan actually did play well on the weekend. Mm-hmm. He he's good right. when he's and, not bloody injured all the time. Yeah, and saying that too, Wade Graham, no matter who won that game, was the man of the match. Every time he got the ball, Tigers didn't know what to do. And saying that too, he was up against Leilua, which is an easy defensive win. Yes. But, oh, man, he every time he got the ball, he just did the right thing. Like, put yeah. the grubber in, put the pass in, made the right pass. Um, he just looked good. Uh, um, I think, yeah. Dra- Dra- Tigers weren't overall that great. 
Their Ford, their young Fords did well. But they 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 showed grit. Yeah, they showed determination. They showed um, an enthusiasm that's kind of been missing. It's but for them, I think the challenge is going to be can they consistently hold that sort of performance together over a season. Yeah. Um, that that that's that's been the challenge for them the last couple of years. Well, not last couple, fair few years now. It's just can they play this style of footy week in and week out? Yeah. And we talked last week. They've got so much young talent there. Um, consistency is yeah. one of the things that they will struggle with. Just the ins and outs of every week as an NRL player, plus all this other stuff um, going on. Benji Marshall's going to have a bigger uh, role to play. Uh, Wade Graham did get one of the points in the Dally M's in a losing he side. He should have got man of the match. I don't, I don't think he would have because... Marshall and uh, Harry Grant got three and two and Graham got a yeah. one. So, um, where's that leave the Sharks? They're 0 and 3. Well, do you know what annoys me about the Sharks? They have four clones on their team. So, they have Rudolph, Williams, Sorensen and Magulis. Magulius, they're exactly the same player. Reckon? Which is would you great. Put, would you put Ru- Rudolph in that? Yeah, yeah. He just runs all day and tackles all day. He might, he might have a bit more punch than the rest of them. Yeah, but um, they, they're all exact. They're all Paul Gallon clones, really. So I'd have four and, Paul Gallons on my team. Yeah, but there's no. They're not as good as Paul Gallon at this point, anyway. Um, and the only punch that's coming off their bench is Ham- Hamlin Newelli, which he's not overly fit. fit. So, it's going to come in. Yeah. He's like a slim George Rose. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and then you got Aaron Woods. There's no punch in that. No. And so then you just rely on when Fafita comes in. They've got a very, and then, you know, their back row is pretty good. Graham Nakora. That, that's all right. But they've got very little attack coming anywhere off their forward pack. So, which more more teams are more well rounded than that kind of. You know, you've got the Paul Gallons and you've got the I don't know the Jared Reed Hargraves kind of mold. He's just going to run. He's going to throw yeah. the occasional punch. So that's what I see. Their problem is that their their backline's elite. Um. When they're but and the just, thing is, like, how many more games will Dugan and Graham play together this year? And yeah, how many times right. will Dugan score two tries, Graham put in a man the match performance, and they'll still lose? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they they are they're zero and three now. And from memory, I don't have it because my memory's horrible. But I'm trying to see who they're going to have next week. Um, let's have a looky here. Draw. Right, round four. Sharks have got oh, Cowboys in Townsville. Yeah, it's going to be bloody interesting. So, do, do you know what I have a question mark on? on? Um, Jesse Rainian. Yeah, so I'm not in the world on fire. Well, I, I'm not going to be overly critical of him because it's going to be, sound like sour grapes as a Newcastle fan. But one of his biggest supposedly things about Newcastle was that he only tacked out the left to Ponga, which is correct. I, I, don't, I don't deny that. They only, Newcastle were very one-dimensional in the left and side last year. 
Um, because Pong is their biggest attacking threat, obviously. But, and on the weekend was the really biggest time I could see Cronulla playing, and they only attacked on the left-hand side where Rainey was on the right. Mm. Um, they don't... He doesn't... See, he, he, I don't know if he needs the ball early. I don't know if he needs the ball on a set play. I don't know if they need to get him the ball... Um, late, like hitting a hole. I don't know where he needs the ball. I'll, I do know all he needs a bit of space and he can create havoc. But the year before he came to Newcastle, I never really got to watch him play. And then when I came, when he came to Newcastle, the ball never went out to him and I always thought that was Ponga because of Ponga and Newcastle's attack. Mm. I watched that game on the weekend. He didn't get the ball that much either. As well, I want to keep an eye on it for the rest of the season because it doesn't seem like people keep throwing in the ball too often, which I'm very surprised about because he's so damaging. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. And I do understand that. I remember was, that Morris, first, yeah. was Morris the coach? No, he wouldn't have no, been the he, coach. He, he, he probably, I think he, was it 2016 Flanagan got done or 2018 Flanagan got done? I reckon he got a four-year ban for 2018. Mm. So 2018, Morris would have come in, I think, the last 10 games. Something like that. Mm. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's getting the ball for someone who who should get the ball more. And I'm wondering why, because that's the second team who don't go out to him in two years. So I want to keep an eye on that. That's a good pick-up, Jared. I didn't... Notice it been saying that I didn't watch that game either. That was on you. <laughs> so Saturday night's game, so last one on the Saturday, um, before we come back and wreck up the Sunday, was uh, Raiders 22, uh, the Storm 6, uh, down in Melbourne. It makes it three wins in a row for the Raiders over the Storm, uh, which not many clubs, I think, can say that. Uh, Jordan Rapana came in for Bailey Simonson, who was out of the leg infection, looked like he hadn't even been away from the club even though he was outside uh, Croker uh, instead of obviously Rapana, uh, instead of obviously Leilua, who's not there anymore. They look good. Um, their forwards in the middle look good. They got the hang of the new rule changes faster than Melbourne did. And uh, Melbourne were wasteful, which isn't a mm. word you usually use. So they, they had their chances. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't take them, whereas Canberra did. Yeah, uh, no, Canberra's defence was on point. Yeah, their defence was, because Melbourne had 55% possession. They they had the mm-hmm. ball more, but when I say wasteful, Melbourne's completion rate, 68%, 27 mm-hmm. out of 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they both had exactly, they both had 40 sets. Melbourne completed 27, Canberra 31. So it wasn't... That different. Uh, that's not, that's not Melbourne-like. They had more run meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... they Again, this is one of the games where the stats were so even. But, yeah, Canberra were just more efficient, more ruthless with their with the ball that they got. And um, three minutes in, Rapane gets his try. Uh, Kotrick was a great finish on his at the end of that brilliant ball by George Williams. How good did he look running yeah. at the... Oh, man, I, that's another thing I'm wrong about. Him compared to Aiden Caesar, man. Josh Hodgson, yeah. 
having a halfback who runs to the line um, allows Hodgson to, because he loves to scoop and run, but with Caesar and um, Williams, he'd scoop and run, and then he's passing the ball eight metres backwards because the halves weren't following him up. Whereas here he scoops and runs, he's giving Williams a ball four metres from the line. Yeah. And then the Storm were like, and when he dummied and went through for um, Clockstad's try, how many times do you it, see Melbourne get cut open straight through the middle for a try? Yeah, and he post? did run it, through. It like, never happens. He, he, I think he ran through some pretty decent quality. I can't remember who exactly uh, was. It was very, uh, Christian Welch. And he broke yeah, the tackle of. Pretty good player. defensive players. And um, when you think of that, how often, like the other three, uh, the first two tries, Rapana on one wing. That was really nice slick passing. Kotrick on the other wing. Williams. Oh, Matt, how many people do you see showboat the storm? He's coming up to the line. Whoop. Arm out like this. Arm out like this. Over to the corner. But then that's how you usually score against Melbourne out wide. And then slicing them through the middle. Um, It was nuts. I will say I doubt you're going to see a performance like that from Melbourne again. Oh, yeah. They... (laughs) I'd hate to see who they're playing. Who are they playing next week? Who South Sydney? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I feel sorry for him. Um, I think Bellamy... Was, do you know how you were saying about Justin Holbrook? Yeah. Bellamy's a complete opposite. He has to walk to the back of the thing when he starts yelling. Well, because he, he looked more taken aback. Like he, he didn't look angry. He was more in shock. He was oh, kind of... When Nelson Asafa Solomona put that kick on, oh yeah, okay. The commentators said it. They thought because they're in the room like next to him, mm. they thought he was going to jump through the window and start strangling people. He was I, as a as a fan, I was filthy. Let alone the coach. Did you see um, uh, Cooper Cronk giving the analysis of uh, Bellamy's halftime talk? He was breaking down the uh, halftime talk. He's like, oh okay. See when he gets his pen out like this, it's means this and he was giving like a whole breakdown of what each really? uh-huh. <laughs> it was so good it's the best analysis uh, of the game um I, I would be very surprised i don't know who's gonna i don't know what's gonna happen but i'd be very surprised if um jerome hughes is there on the weekend oh he, no i think he'll be there oh he was he was not ideal i was more i think he'll be more upset with his bench well, no. Max Look. King was pretty bad. Um, Tino he was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, even um, Brendan Smith didn't have a huge impact on the game. Um, um, I, I just, I, which I hate Melbourne, to say. Melbourne really lacked direction, which is what Jerome Hughes is there to do. Because you can argue Munster, but Munster's there to run. Munster actually looked pretty good, considering. Yeah, well, he he was their main attacking threat out of the whole thing. Like they kept uh, other than Pappenhausen, I'll give him that. But a lot of uh, a lot of Melbourne's fifth um, tackle options weren't good. Fifth, which comes down to Hughes. A lot of their direction wasn't good. They had a lot of drop ball. Um, Bellamy's going to have a lot of changes and. I can promise you it's going to be a different team next year. Not next different week. next week. Not as far. May, maybe a personnel change. Well, actually, a soft solo and someone else is going to get suspended. But as far as attitude next week, 
Um, everyone's like, oh, Melbourne's dynasty's done. They've been going down for a few years, which everyone says when they get a bad loss. But, oh, man, I okay, can't see who they're playing. Yeah, they're they kept, they're Craig Bellamy. They kept Melbourne scoreless in the second half in Melbourne. Yeah, in yeah, which Melbourne had the majority of the ball on their line. Yeah. And I, I, I will admit one of the most surprising things I've seen, and which happens to every single team, I will admit, and every single person as well, but you don't really see it happen in a professional lineup like Melbourne's. So, like you said, they were attacking the line the whole second half. And then in the last, I think, five minutes, they scored that last try. Mm. And you just saw the whole Melbourne team just drop their heads. Yeah. Which you don't really see in Melbourne teams. Which you don't. Can't, yeah. Yeah, which is very surprising, but I doubt Bellamy's going to let them get away. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're training right now. Yeah. To be honest, and, like Bellamy's got him out. Well, he, just said that, he just said he was embarrassed rather than yeah, like, upset. He um, was just embarrassed he, with that performance. He, he's got the old car headlights out, put him on top of the beach, and they're doing beach sprints right now. I would not be um, surprised. Did you hear what Ricky Stewart had to do with his press conference? What? There was... um. Weather reports, because they're doing fly in, fly out. Uh, there yeah. was weather reports of heavy fog in Canberra, so they didn't know whether they were going to have to fly to Sydney from Melbourne and then get a three-hour bus from Sydney to Canberra, oh, which would have got them home at 5 a.m. Yeah. the next day. Yeah. And so as soon as the game finished, they were straight on the bus. So Ricky Stewart yeah. did his press conference from the bus, um, and they didn't know Good. anything about it. And then they finally got to the plane, and the pilot ended up, flying them all the way through to Canberra. Um, despite, uh, I think, they had to get clearance to land, but despite the fog, which got them home at midnight rather than 5 a.m. the next morning. Yeah. So they were like, pretty much, yeah, as soon as the game was over, that's why there was no um, press from how, Stewart. How, how does the press conference work? Like, these guys, I, I don't know what it looks like behind the cameras, but these guys um, have to get temperature checked, right, mm. before the game. I saw it. They had to get sanitizing wipes and wipe down their shoes before mm. they walked into the stadium. But how does the press conference work? Do all the reporters get to stand around, you know, like sardines in a room, no. like you'd imagine it to, to ask all these questions? I, I'd, they... I'd say they'd only be four, four <laughs> yeah, or five, so and they'd be from the major, the major broadcasters. It, it comes say. to my main point. For that reason, surely they can go, Ricky Stewart, you know what? Have a night off, mate. You won. No press conference tonight. No, it'd be in their contract. <laughs> it'd have to no, be. No, I understand that. But for those reasons you just said, they should have just been like, okay, that's all right. We, we, you, we, you won. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, could have. Didn't. All right, let's move on to um, what was quite possibly, uh, not that Ian would have predicted it, but match of the round. Um, oh, I'd say I'd say the Warriors won just for what they're yeah. No, but I mean as a as a spectacle. Oh, okay. So how long will we got? Uh, not actually that long, <laughs> but um, I feel a bit guilty because it was my well, I don't feel guilty that it was my daughter's birthday, but um, I watched the first half of this game, and I was going, oh, Jared's going to be a bit disappointed with this effort, and yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances. And then I flicked on for the last five minutes. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And then I went back and, and re-watched the, the second half and went, man, yeah. 
there's a lot of records broken in this game, and we'll get to that. But I'll, I'll give the rundown leading into it, and then Jared can tee off. So <laughs> tee off. <laughs> so we know Cleary was out. This is Penrith versus Newcastle um, down at Campbelltown. So Nathan Cleary was out for Penrith. Kalen Ponga was out for the Knights. Knights then lost Mitchell Pierce to concussion and Connor Watson to an ankle injury within the first half. Uh, 10 minutes for Pierce, I think 15 minutes for Watson when he tried to play on. So not only were they out Ponga, Pierce and Watson, but they were down to two bench players. Um, they had three debutants. Oh, sorry, one bench at one point. Oh, I'm just saying the first 10. ten no, first that's 10 right. Yeah, Tim yeah. Glasby got knocked out two minutes after Watson got taken off. Oh, sorry. Um, there you go. And then, so you had Tex Hoy, Chris Randall. So you Fullback, your reserve um, hooker, and who was the other one? Brody Jones. Brody Jones. What was he playing? Was he a bench? Second row. Yeah, he came off. He was a second row, but he came on the bench. He had to play like seven right. minutes. Well. Uh, they lost Lachlan Fitzgibbon in the lead up to the game as well, and Mitch Barnett's out with long term injury. So you're missing your fullback, both starting second rowers before the game, then halfback. Um, and a starting rotation forward and your starting new hooker. That's pretty much what Newcastle were facing, and then they were down 14-0 at halftime. All right, Jared, I'll take you off now. <laughs> Go for it. So um, I actually want to throw out to Penrith right now first. Um, Isaiah Yo. I don't really like him, but he had a whopper game. He done really well. Um, Josh Mansour, the two wingers, Josh Mansour and Brian Tortor, they played really well. And I'll, a lot of people are criticising Matt Burden. I think he missed six field goals, which, okay, that's not ideal. That five, was it? That's not ideal. That's not. A, but in saying that too, this is his what did I say, third game, I think, second or third game. Um, and then... Like, he was the one, the only one in the Pembroke team leading around. At one point, they showed Jerome Luai without an injury on the wing in their attack. And, like, what the fuck? What, what are you doing out there, man? Like, oh. So, <laughs> Pembroke, for me, because of what Adam said... They were really disappointing for me. They were horrible. I think one me. good thing, they they pretty much justified my response of why they're not a top eight side. Yeah. Yeah, they were just... They, they should have won that by at least 20. Um, it was just bad for them. And, like, you sit down... I remember, remember a couple of years ago playing a local game and we had a draw against a team and they started celebrating after the end of the game where we were filthy we drew with that team. What do you reckon that dressing room? Adam O'Brien gave the Newcastle team beer and Ivan Cleary ripped him a fucking new one or what? Because that game shouldn't have happened the way it happened. Do you know who um, wouldn't have missed five field goals? Uh, anyone? Nathan, Nathan Cleary. Cleary. Nathan Cleary. Why isn't he? The- oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to Newcastle, full credit to the three debutants. So, one, Chris Randall, I think he made the most tackles ever on a debut. Uh, yeah, 71 tackles. That's that ridiculous. For a debutant in no circumstances, good on him. 
for anyone um, in any circumstance, let alone a debutant. That's I don't I don't see that record ever being broken. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, th- no, that 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 is the record. A debutant. Yeah, I know. I said I don't see that record now ever being broken. Yeah. Again. Um, and then Tex Hoy, probably their biggest attacking threat. Uh, well, creative attacking threat. The oh. biggest attacking threat was Bradman Best. Um, a little, what well, he, he wouldn't be overly. I don't know how tall he is, but Jesus Christ, he's a beast. I, I, I feel, I feel for Tex Hoy. I, I, I love the fact. I think you've got a gem in that. When it got to that golden point, instead of going for the the field goal, yeah. he ran it down that short side and. Yeah. Oh, Bradman just pulled just that pass a little. Like Edric Lee didn't do anything wrong. He was in the right spot. Yeah. Um, it came down. He just but in saying that too, too yeah. long. You, you're giving it to 18 year olds there, like. Yeah, but the fact <laughs> that he saw it and went for it, yeah. Um, yeah. and he can't feel down because without his two tries, they wouldn't have even been in that position. Okay, um, and then I want to throw out to, and he's not getting as much credit as I think he should. Um, Brody Jones. So he got put in the second row on the right hand side. Guess who's on the left hand side for Pembroke as their second row? And he, I will admit, he scored one try and it was quite an easy try, but they kept him reasonably quiet for the rest of the game. And Brody Jones would have absolutely been shitting himself because not many people in those kind of situations kick kick out quiet. And I think he'd done a fantastic job at it. Um. I think oh, I I can't say enough about that effort. Um, then it went there I, for ten minutes. Yeah, it was a ninety-minute game. You had fifteen players. Um, yeah, what else? Like, hey, what? Yeah, Stephen I, Crichton needs to be in their starting side. Oh yeah, that's also what I forgot to say. Yeah, he needs to be there. He played hey, really hey. well. He, it was damaging. Oh wait, no, he wasn't yeah. it. Yeah, he, he started on the weekend. He started on the weekend. Over Fare, I think. No, Fare was... played 90 minutes. No, okay. Uh, who's the other winger? Uh, who's the other centre for... Oh, Brent Naden. Brent Naden. Yeah, okay, play. fair enough. Yeah. So, he, he was really good for him as well. I forgot to mention him. Yeah, he needs... But, to, he, he's, look, he's a beast. Um, he, he looks like an athlete, a full-round athlete. Yeah. Fisher Harris was huge. Um, considering Newcastle played Pemriff last year, I think... Around twenty-one or something, and they got beaten fifty-four nil. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Man saw three hundred and fourteen uh, run meters. Uh, do you know um, what record was broken out of this game? Oh, sorry, not. Yeah, record was broken. What? I oh, know the Chris Rainer was a record. This was just an astonishing number, and I saw this on Rugby League Guru uh, Instagram page. There were 12 players in this game who made over 40 tackles. That's amazing. 12 players. Yeah. Like, um, I think... Um, that covers both yeah, I, teams I, starting I, I don't know what, this, what else to say. Everyone's kind of got to... I think a lot of fans gained a lot of respect for Newcastle in that game. Yeah. Like... Considering, like I said, they had their probably not not their best team, but a, a lot more players than they had in the week and got been fifty four nil by the Tigers uh, around twenty one last year. I believe. Uh, New, uh, sorry, Pembroke around twenty one last year. I believe. Well, do and, you? 
I was just going to say, like, we talked about how many players Newcastle were missing beforehand, then how many they were losing during the game. Uh, Penrith were, lose, were missing Cleary. Cleary and Liam Martin. And Dylan Edwards. So the yeah. three that they were missing. Um, Saying that too, Caleb, Caleb Aikens played really well, though. He was yeah. really safe. I'm just saying that you put Cleary, Edwards, and Liam Martin into there. Do they? Does that take them to a top eight team? Yeah. Well, I'd look, you I reckon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think they Newcastle, would have won a lot earlier. Newcastle is not going to be a top eight team if they're losing, if they don't have Fitzgibbon, um, Barnett, or Ponger each week. Now. Obvious, and but you bring them in. Um, I, don't know, I think it was a great. I think it ended up being a good game because both teams are evenly matched based off. Yeah, injuries. Well, I, but, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're evenly matched. I think Newcastle are well underdone. Um, I but, mean, on, I sorry, think, on the scoreline, not not yeah, as per the. I just um, think a lot of um, a lot of people who. Um, don't like Newcastle before, and probably still don't like Newcastle, can kind of this... Well, the only thing you can do is really clap for them after that game. Like, mm. And probably, I know, probably a lot of that comes down to Adam O'Brien. Like, I don't think they could have done that. And, um, you know, you're always a bit sketchy on new coaches because every coach talks well. Every new coach, oh, we've done everything we can. We've done this, we've done that. But, um, and he's been the only difference in that Newcastle team yeah. since last year, really. So you got to kind of look at it and go, okay, well, is it the coaching staff in this situation? Good on him. All right, on let's um, attitude. let's move on because we're running a bit a bit longer here. So last last game of the weekend, it was just random that Jared and my team's finished off last. Um, so this one was Manly thirty two over the Bulldogs six. Um, Manly dominated the, the possession stats 57 to 43, uh, 44 sets to 37, 82% completions to 70. Um, this watching this one as a, as a Manly fan, this is one of those games where you're kind of going, this is going to be one of those ones where we're dominating everything and we're going to win like 14 nil or something and not really get anything out of it. And that's kind of what it was looking like. Manly started really strong. Moses Suley manhandling them on the edge. Um, it was 14-0 at half time. I think Manly had already bombed two tries by that stage and their defence had just pretty much just suffocated the Bulldogs. Um, tell you what, man, if I was a Bulldogs fan, I've got nothing to be excited about this season because they looked... They yeah, looked no, pretty no, bad. Pretty, like they were pretty average. Um, they had eight six again calls. Manly yeah. had four, and like Manly, I was just going yeah. far out. They, it was so bad, and I'm saying Tom Tabrovich, holy crap, he looked good, <laughs> and he had two tries. And two try assists before half. Sorry, two tries and a try assist before half time. Two more try assists in the second half. Um, how, how many good fullbacks have we got in the NRL right now? It's freakish, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, like it's. Yeah, we got wait, what? Tedesco, Trevojevic, two of us at Sheck, um, Kalen Ponga. Um, there's there's five decent. Yeah, fuck off. Um, but yeah, we got really good fullbacks in our row right now. It's ridiculous. The only, I guess, the only um, downside. Uh, for Manly was Ruben Garrick's goal kicking where he missed he missed five so they left ten points out there it could have been forty two six which was no offense to the Bulldogs a pretty accurate representation of the yeah. contest and Manly ran away with it in the second half um, the Bulldogs try um, was scored by Jake Avrillo coming off the bench again looking dangerous I think Lock and Lewis put a grubber through Manly's line thirty meters out and Avrillo just burnt it with his speed, took the ball yeah, from in front of Trebojevic and ran away with it. Man, like, I feel for Dean Pay. You could see his face up in the in thing. But what the hell is he going to do? Like, yeah, he's looking, you're looking at his squad. Um, if I was him, Brandon Wakeham and Avrilo need to be in their starting 13 somewhere. Because they're the only ones who look like they've even got any ball skill. Um <laughs> Like, seriously, I'm looking at Jack. If you're trotting out Jack Cogger and Lachlan Lewis as your starting halves, your club has not done a good job with its recruitment or its development. Yeah. And, and look, you got, if, I'm you, sorry to say, John Bateman wants 800 grand next year. He probably also wants to win a premiership. I can't uh, send him to the Bulldogs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, if they're going to pay not eight to a million. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. He seems like the sort of guy who'd prefer a premiership. You'd hope so. Um, but but no, they, they, are, they are Newcastle five years ago right now. Like, oh, Newcastle, Newcastle were that bad five years ago. And I, I, I imagine Bulldogs have got a long, rough road ahead of them unless they... Unless they go out and buy. And the thing about it is, and it's what Newcastle learned the hard way, they have to book pay overs for players. Yeah. They're going to have to. Like, um, oh, for biggest example, they pay, They took a risk on Caelan Ponger. They are lucky it worked out. What There's got to be a risk on Kieran Foran. And Dylan Napa. Like, oh, actually, not a ri- they're, they're not risk because they knew what they were getting in those players. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So right. they still paid uh, overs. Like, Caelan <laughs> Pong was lucky for Newcastle because he had a good attitude. A Bulldog is going to get that lucky and paying overs for someone, which you're going to have to. And he's not going to next year get caught doing stu- something stupid on the video. You know, so, you know what Bulldogs probably need more than anything, like even more so than talent, is. Uh, it's going to sound really harsh against Josh Jackson, but they need a leader who's going to offer more than a one-dimensional game. Like yeah, well, Josh Jackson's going to put his hand up and do what he does every week, but he's never going to win you a game. Yeah, he's, well, that's right. They've well, got it. I know there's been rumours circling getting Josh Reynolds back there. Um, <sighs> Is going to bring a Bulldogs player back home. It's going to bring them Mungle. It's going to bring them Adish. It's not going to increase a talent. Well, actually, it will. Not by a huge, huge, huge amount. But it's going to be... He'll, be, he'll walk in and be their best half. 
straight yeah. away. Um, and then if you can get foreign back to some form of health, foreign and Reynolds next to each other in your halves looks Look a, a lot hell better. of a lot better because Reynolds will run, foreign will organize. Um, they may actually score some points. They're still going to be a bottom four side, but at least they're going to like Manly went out to a four nil lead, and then the next ten minutes it was four nil still. Um, and Bulldogs were they kind of dragged Manly down into their game until Manly kind of snapped out of it. Um, but holy shit! Yeah, well, Th- them and I the don't... Dragons next week on Monday night. That's good. We might have to do the podcast. Dragons' last two wins have been against the Titans <laughs> out of their last the, thirteen games. See, um, what for? Um, for the Bulldogs, as far as their recruitment going, so Newcastle always. Um, I know I keep going back to it, but that, like I said, they were in the exact same situation five the last ten years. You'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the closest team you can compare to them right now. Um, Newcastle, they say their biggest buys buys were Ponga, Pierce, Clemmer, and probably Frizzell next year, which is going to make them, you know, at least top eight, hopefully. Um, but they they had a lot of important signings in between that time. So players like Tim Glasby, Adam Guerra. Jamie Bura, even though he was injured yeah. a lot, he, he brought yeah. like a the winning cup because he'd left Manly as a premiership. Yeah, player. and Tim Glans, Glasby left Melbourne. Roosters, Aguero uh, from Jeremy Roosters. Smith. Yeah, so uh, he was a bit before oh, it. Actually, he yeah, got he bought was. by Bennett. But so you bought all these really high profile players, but you bought players from winning cultures as well. Like they reckon Guerra is probably the most inspirational leader at training because the way he talks and the way he goes, and that's why he's always there. And he did play really well on the weekend. But in saying that too, he's probably on the outer now if Frizzell's there. But see, that's the thing. Like, you can buy all these high-profile players, but you need other players in behind them who are going to (laughs) force... Well, you can see Frizzell going, fuck, I can only go up from here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, you need... He's a a world-class player, but you need players like Guerra, Glasby, Bura. Bloody Slade Griffin as well. He he was in that mold. Like you need you need players who have a good attitude. And by the sounds of it, I know Bulldogs have a really good development system. They want to develop their juniors, but it they need people like they need, to follow. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. And they need a leader like Guerra to come in and go. No, this is the way you got to do it. Stop cutting corners. If you want to be playing the NRL, you've got to be able to do this week in, week out. And um, that's what those players bring in. Just to just to um, finish on the... Yeah, just to finish on that Manly game, just want to do a shout-out to... And this is something that you and I have agreed on in the past. You, you more so than me, with Walker being in the centres. Uh, Dylan Walker for Manly. Um, he, look, he, he played well overall. I didn't like his decision-making at times. Um, but he ran the ball strongly and he organised quite well. But Brad Parker out in the centres, um, him and the Tutorovic brothers are the only three Manly juniors here. He's not flashy. He doesn't have a high amount of skill. 
but holy shit, he can run a line. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah. I was, he's been growing on me. I saw him as a weakness. He's, he's defensively sound. Um, he needs mm. to be outside to who puts a shot on or gets burnt. There is two options. Um, <laughs> I was really impressed. He really deserved his double on the weekend. He looks like, um, what was his name? That Simpsons character that oh, Homer Hank. idolized. Hank, yeah, that's Hank right. Yeah. Um, so then I was thinking, if I put Walker into the centers, it's Parker that'd have to miss out because Sully's looking damn good. Yeah. Um, and I don't, because then when Lachlan Croker came on, uh, Walker did something to his ankle. Him and Cherry Evans looked quite good together, and I, I did like what Croker looked like. And I'm going, oh shit, do I put um, Dylan Walker back on the bench and just put Croker into 5 8? But then I'm going, if that's the problem that I'm looking at with Manly, I'm pretty happy because Cherry Evans wasn't outstanding. Um, nah. But he still played, re- like, he did everything <laughs> he needed to. He, he controlled the game. He. He, I'm just having a look at his... Um, i got a question for you. Yeah. As a Manly fan, if you wanted to put Walker in the centres, would you drop Garrick and put... No, because... I, 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 no, because Garrick hasn't done anything wrong and he's, he's got pace. He's sound under the high ball generally. He's still got mistakes in his game. He's still a young kid, but his goal kicking's improving. Um <laughs> not on the weekend. No, not on the weekend. I think his goal kicking went back on the weekend. Yeah, overall, he's improving. I'm just having a look at the fantasy points. This isn't the same fantasy group that we use. Cherry Evans was second in the back line behind Tom Trebojevich. And that's with Brad Parker getting a double. And like I said, Cherry Evans wasn't outstanding. Like I didn't notice him, um, but he still made 11 runs for 71 metres. That's pretty... Uh, yeah. Pretty good for a half. Uh, yeah, post got no line break assist, only one. Five tackle breaks. Uh, yeah, there's not, there's nothing really uh, outstanding. They're 15 tackles, blah, blah, blah. 284 kick meters. But to get if Cherry Evans having a solid, okay game and Manly's winning 32-6, I know it's against the Bulldogs. It's a good sign for them as a squad. They look pretty settled, which is insane. Yeah. I've been able to say much over the last couple of years. So Yeah. So They're impressive, you, but they've got you, you Eels got that next choice. week, which is going to be that, a fucking yeah. cracker. Yeah, you got that choice of where... And the good thing about that is it keeps everyone honest. Yep. Like, if you... May, maybe even look at... Um, because... Out of all those players you just described, maybe Walker's the one you got to drop because he wasn't ideal. But he, he still played well enough. Yeah, like, but it, he, 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 like you said, Croker and Cherry Evans look better together. So maybe Walker's the one you just get rid of because we always assumed you either drop Parker or Garrick from that back line just because of the fact that they're, they're the new guys. They... Especially Parker probably doesn't have the ideal build for an NRL player. He's obviously going to get bigger, but um, maybe Walker's the one you go, mate. You got to step up your game, otherwise Croker's coming nipping at your heels. Maybe. And then you got, like I said, I brought him up last episode. Cade Cust is still there. I know yeah. he's not here to play this year, um, New South Wales Cup. But man, he's got a whole bunch yeah. of talent so to play hooker and half. It's, it's 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 a problem you want to have, and it's going to put your representative five eight. 
yep. on, on his grand final winning five eight on his heels. So South Sydney. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, he wasn't yeah. five eight there though. No, he played uh, in the Senate. Yeah, so. But, um, I think we'll uh, leave it there, guys. That's a pretty big episode. We're over an hour and a half for the first analysis back. Um, biggest games you're looking forward to next week, even though we'll be doing our preview on a Thursday morning. I'm um, just having a look at the draw ahead here. I've already mentioned it. Manly versus Parramatta is going to be my big one that I'm looking at. Um, our biggest rival, they're 3-0. Um, Storm Rabbits is a bit on the line seeing if the Storm bounce back there I wouldn't want to be a Rabbitohs yeah I, I'm Ooh, I, I know this sounds shit um, I'm, I'm teeing up for I know it's I'm a Newcastle fan but Canberra versus Newcastle see if Newcastle can hold their own again against probably one of the top teams so I'm looking Cowboys forward to that Cowboys Sharks that'd Sharks be a good game that, they're down 0-4 yeah, which with the squad they shouldn't be. No, nah. Roosters have a but chance up, yeah. to get back to two and a, two and two against the Broncos. Oh, the la- last two games worry me. Bloody hell! Friday night could be entertaining. Panthers and Warriors, and then Storm yeah. Rabbitohs. Yeah, the last my oh, Saturday though. Saturday's the day. Eels, Sea Eagles, Cowboys, Sharks, Raiders, Knights. No, Raiders not. Oh, sorry, no, it's Sunday. There's only two games yeah, on Saturday, two, yeah, because of the um, Monday yeah. game. No, nah, the last two games that are around, I'm not even, might not even watch. They might be your games to watch at this point. Titans, Tigers. Well, I watched all games, eight games last week. Oh, Titans, fan. Tigers. I watched that on Sunday night. You can watch a Monday okay. night game. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't make me do that. We'll get Hazard and Wally to watch it and they can feed back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dudes. All right. Um, we'll talk to you Thursday morning. All right, see you later. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.